This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Today is Wednesday, August 16th. And as promised, my friend Crystal Evans Hurst is on the podcast with me today. Stick around, I think you're going to be encouraged. So I have been waiting to have Crystal on my podcast for a long time. Uh, most of you are familiar, I'm sure, with Crystal and her ministry. Crystal is an energetic, I'm just going to read her bio because it totally fits her. She's an energetic, fun-loving girl next door who loves to encourage other women in fulfilling their potential in Christ. And Crystal is also a gifted writer and a speaker and a worship leader. And she happens to also be my friend, which Crystal is not, this is not in your uh, bio, and I'm a little hurt. I don't mind telling you, but welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Heidi. So you have, I'm not, I'm just going to cut to the chase today because I think uh, our listeners going to be really encouraged by what you have to say. You have a brand new book uh, coming out. Actually, it just came out. It's ranking really well. It's doing great on Amazon right now. It's a number one in a whole bunch of categories. And what is it? Number 36 uh, overall. So that's really, you're, that's awesome, woman. I'm proud of you. So cool. Um, but I really want to know, well, first of all, uh, tell our listeners about you. So for those who don't know about you, um, give them a little background on who you are and if you're married and your kids and all that good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, I have been married for 16 years. My husband and I have a blended family. We um, have two girls who are adults, 25 and 21. And then we have three boys that we added after marriage who are 14, 12, and 8. And when we got married, we each brought a girl with us and gave the other a gift of a girl on our wedding day. So um, that's kind of our family story. Um, My daughter was born to me when I was 19. I was a teenager uh, in college. And so for 10 years, I was a single parent. And um, so I've experienced no part of adulthood without being a mom. And some of my adulthood being a single mom and some of my adulthood being married. But the funny thing is when I got married, my husband traveled a lot. So it was, it's just, I've just had whatever dynamic of motherhood you can think of. I've had it. My oldest daughter is married. She has a daughter. So I'm also a grandmother with an eight year old. So I just have, (laughs) you know, a lot of mom life behind me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, My my parents are um, Tony and Lois Evans. So I was raised in a great Christian home. And um, I know for some people they're going, what? Huh? So then you were 19, you got pregnant, but yes, that is a part of my story, but, <laughs> yep. um, and, and God's using it, that, but exactly. And so, um, so anyway, that's kind of my upbringing. I've been in a great church and been under the word of God all my life. And I'm happy to have the opportunity to share both what I know, what I've learned and a little bit of my story that it might encourage somebody else. And I think one of the reasons why, uh, you and I kind of hit it off when we met is because I also am a grandmother with a six-year-old. <laughs> so I feel you in the, we're like young grandmothers, right? So it's good. Yes. It's good. Yes, it is good. Um, and you have been, are you, you're also homeschooling, right? I am. I am. My oldest two girls, um, started homeschooling at some point. Um, in their middle school or high school years, and they finished at home. My boys have never been to school. Um, a ninth grader right now, we're, we're wrestling with when that shift may come for him. But as of right now, yes, we are homeschooling the three boys that are still at home. Homeschooling boys, a moment of silence for homeschooling boys. Yes, Lord. 
<laughs> Whoa. All right. So you you just uh, you just released a new book called She's Still There. Why? Why did you write it? Because my oldest daughter came to me when she was about 22. She had a major decision to make and she asked my opinion. And it wasn't a, a decision that was bad or immoral, but it was one that I thought she could exercise her muscles on and learn how to make decisions by making decisions. So I asked her, you know what? Um, think back to the time when you were most excited about your life, most hopeful and most positive. And she gave me the age, which was three or four years before. And I said, this current decision that you need to make, I need you to go and ask that girl, the one who had great hopes for her life. Because if you don't ask her now, you will make a lot of unintentional choices, some good, some bad. And when you're 40, you'll be trying to find her and ask her then. So she's still there. You just have to ask her. That's where the title came from. The crux of the book, though, is um, I wanted to share lessons I've learned as a person who's lived in a lot of different seasons of life to hopefully either help women who are feeling stuck see what they can do practically to get unstuck or to help women who um, who just don't feel that turning a new leaf over in their life is possible. I write uh, some to the Bible study girl, but mostly to the female on the fringe who's got one foot in church, one foot out and, or she's got both feet in, but she's not feeling in Mm. Um, her circumstances in life are just derailing her a bit. And she's not quite sure how to honor the gift of her. Mm. I've written it so that she can know she is still there, but that she does have to participate with God as he's working in her to work with him to do the work of the rescue. I love that because there are a lot, I know that there's going to be a lot of moms listening to this today who feel stuck. And I wrote, I wrote about this. Um, it's interesting in becoming mom strong, which is my new book that's coming out. And I was talking about seasons of surrender. Like when the mom, when you, when, you know, when you've got dreams and hopes, but you're stuck in sort of this peanut butter and jelly season of your life. And I think as, um, I think what I'm hearing from you is as you've grown older and, and you've gone through these many things, God's given you what I call the gift of perspective. And so you're bringing yes. perspective to readers and you're saying, you know, for me, and I'm, I'm curious to know what you think about this because, um, I've had similar conversations with, uh, my, uh, my grown daughter, well, both of my grown daughters who are 26 and 23. And, um, I'm telling them, listen, there's a point in your life in which you um, you learn to surrender to the season that you're in. And the surrender is a really beautiful thing. And so I told my daughter, because you you know, she's in she's in the peanut butter and jelly season right now. She's got two, you know, two very active toddlers. And uh, I've said to her, you know, this surrender that you're doing to the peanut butter and jelly season is actually going to be a a victory for you later. Because what we realize as we get older is when we ask God to give us a dream for the season that we're in. We do a lot less missing out because we're not always pining away for, oh, I wish I was here or I wish I was there. And I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking through the, the, the chapters of your book. Um, and I love, I think that I'm, I'm kind of a chapter junkie. That's, that's what I do. Like when I go to Barnes and Noble, I'm going to skim through the chapters. And I love that you called uh, chapter two, the full blown ugly cry. Like I go on. Dude, we all have one because we all have a full, a full blown ugly cry. We all do that. Why did you write that? I mean, I I love that you said you know the first one's break a leg or two. You are a masterpiece. The second one is full blown ugly cry. You are okay. What do you mean by that? Well, you know the way I wrote the book is the way I would have a coffee conversation with a friend when she calls me and says life is jacked up. I really need to talk to you. So mm-hmm. the first thing I would say to her 
is, you know, I've been there. I've had this moment too, where I've been like, God, are you kidding me? Seriously? What are we going to do to fix this? Mm-hmm. And then what normally comes after that, the right immediately after the feeling of you've got to be kidding me is this ugly cry. Yeah. And I wanted women to understand that I've been in a place where I've had one uh, and give them an example of that. Cause that's what I do if we were sitting together. I'd say, I get it. I've been there. And I'd rub their back and say, it's okay to cry because mm-hmm. we try so hard to be strong. And part of moving forward is admitting where you are and mm-hmm. feeling where you are. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I did there. Just acknowledging that I'd had my own ugly cry. And I tell a story about um, just some changes that had happened in our family uh, financially and the pressure that I was feeling from that. And one day that just erupted. A friend mm-hmm. called and said, how are you doing? And it was a normal question on an abnormal day. And I just could not stop the tears from flowing. And, you know, we've all had that ugly cry where you want to stop crying. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and your face is contorted because your body is wrenching with the pain. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to have that moment. Yeah. Because, you know, big girls do cry. Yep. Yeah, they do. And when you, when you ask women, cause you're part of what you're doing is encouraging women to own their own story where they've come from. Yes. And I want to know, how did you get to that place? where you said, okay, this is my story. I'm going to own it and, and move on and let the Lord actually use my story rather than getting stuck somewhere. How did you do that? Well, there's kind of a two layered answer to that. If it's owning it and sharing it in the book, how that happened is because I co-wrote a book with my dad called kingdom woman and I glazed over it. I just kind of mentioned in a couple of chapters, you know, about being a single parent and people said, we want to know more about that. Um, and I don't know that I hadn't owned it. I just don't spend a lot of time owning it publicly. Uh, I mean, it's not that I'm embarrassed or I'm trying to hide it. I can't hide it. I, you know, she's 25. <laughs> People do the math and they go, okay, so how did that happen? Right. So it wasn't so much that I was trying to hide it. It was just, I wasn't really making it a topic of conversation because to me, it happens all the time. You know, women struggle or they are single parents because of divorce or because they fell in love with a guy and made a baby or whatever. So I didn't think it was a big deal, but I think what I have learned is that um, everybody doesn't come back from that in the same way and everybody doesn't share their wrestle. And there are people who need to know how do you come back and how did you wrestle? Mm. So that was what led me for the book in terms of owning that in my own life. I think it's just my personality is kind of a show me the list of things to do. Let me check it off. So in college, what owning it looked like is I just have to get through college. And then it became, I just need to get a job and get through my twenties. And then it became, I'm married. And so I just need to get through the babies and the poopy diapers. Right. And then what happened at 40 is I said, you know what, have I really processed how that experience shifted my perspective of my life, of what I do, of how I see the world. And I don't think I realized how little of the owning it I had done until I started writing the book. So I was willing to own it and share it and realized in the owning it and sharing it what I needed to own for myself. And how is that? So uh, for the women who are listening, you know, most of the uh, people who listen to the podcast have heard me kind of own my story, which was I grew up in an abusive home and I spent most of my 20s trying to figure out um, how to see myself through the lens of scripture and and through the lens of my heavenly father instead of through the lens of my earthly father. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it yes. took me a long, long time to stop looking at myself through uh, my earthly dad's eyes and start seeing myself through God's eyes. And that was sort of my process of owning my story. And I think when I, uh, when I began to do that, 
And and then when I began to share what God had done in my life, probably my in my mid thirties, um, there's some freedom. There was freedom that came along with that. And I realized, oh my goodness, this has kind of kept me in ways that I didn't realize that it kept me stuck. I think, um, and unable to move forward. And so for the women who are listening to this today, um, and they feel stuck, because I think you and I have had different experiences of owning our, our own stories for different reasons. Um, but I I want to know from you, um, when you began to just go, this is who I am and God wants to use it, did you feel, um, did God begin to do kind of a different kind of healing in your life? And, a diff- and did he use it in ways that you weren't expecting? He is still using it in ways because I think there's so many layers to who we are. Yeah. And it's not until there's a spot that hurts that you realize there's work to be done. One of the premises that I talk about in the book is that pain is a source of information. Mm-hmm. And we treat it that way with our physical bodies. And we go and we figure it out and we let them x-ray us and we ask the doctor to take blood. Tell us what's going on inside. We don't do that with our emotional selves, our spiritual selves, our mental selves. Things are erupting. We're yelling at our kids or we're crying and we don't know why we don't want to get out of bed, but we don't want to do the introspective work. Right. It's a work that God does in us as we allow him to work in our hearts and our minds, but we have to be willing to go along with him for the dig. The good news is every pain point that we have, uh, he as the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and the word that brings light and truth into our lives is the medicine. But we don't know where to put the medicine until we acknowledge that that we're hurting in a certain place. So when you ask me, you know, what has that done for me? I would say I am currently learning to walk in the freedom of my story. And what does it mean for my situation to share my story in a way that glorifies God and doesn't glorify the sin? And by glorify the sin, I don't mean literally, but just draw more attention to the story of the sin than the story of his redemption mm-hmm, in mm-hmm, my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, I'm in the process of gaining freedom because yeah. I still am like hear people, you know, email me about the book or they send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. And I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with uh, every person that says this has helped me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for saying this out loud. Yeah. It allows the girl in me to walk in greater and greater freedom every day. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think when you when you walk in in truth, you're walking in freedom, you know. And I think that's a lot of we talk about this a lot on the podcast. You know that that um, that the Bible says that you know the truth, and the truth is what makes you free. Well, the truth is Jesus, right? So we come to know Him, and then all of a sudden, the truth sets us free. He begins to show us things about ourselves, you know, that maybe we didn't that we didn't see before. And I'm always telling moms, I think, especially, um, you know, when we're in, when we've got the younger ones at home, you know, I used to focus on just this, um, the, the tension of living in that season where it just seems like I'm never going to get out of this, but you know, there's another season, uh, of motherhood that, um, I think is equally as difficult and maybe even more because moms aren't talking. And that's like when your kids hit, you know, 13, 14, 15. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden the stories are not your stories. They're the kids' stories. That's right. And you can't Instagram it and you can't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I can't share without putting them in a naked place. Right. You know, 
And then you're starting to wonder, did all the work that I did when they were three and four and five, is it not paying off yet? Right. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> when am I going to get to see the fruit? When's the fruit coming? Yes. Yeah. Because the teenage years will make you wonder if fruit exists. It will. You know, it will make you wonder if fruit exists and if you ever planted the tree in the fertile soil if that you, you thought ever, you did. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I'm encouraged, uh, you know, I get encouraged every time I talk to you because you've been there and done that and raised children are still very much in the process of raising children. But just for a second, I want to go sort of off the, um, off of my notes here for your book and just say, you know, can we talk for a minute to the mom who's in the sort of years where moms go silent and they don't talk about it because it's because exactly what you said, because it's their kids and they don't want to put their kids in a paint their kids in a bad light. And we can't share those funny little pictures that we do of our eight year old or a six year old that we took on Instagram. No, oh, this is funny. Um, and we, you know, and we can't cry for help uh, because there's no place to really cry to that doesn't feel like there's a safe space. And when you, I guess what the reason I, I thought of it, cause I'm looking at, uh, I'm thinking about, she's still there or she's still here and, and doing, a like a reach out to my friends around me who are in real life. Those real life relationships are so important. And it makes me think this is a good time of life to encourage moms, make relationships with women around you who are actually yes. in your life, not just on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, whatever. I mean, do you have, I'm assuming that you do have a, oh, yeah. a circle. I have friends who talk me down off a ledge. Hello. There are Preach. probably, I mean, I have family friends and then I've got long-term friends who are just as much of a cheerleader for my kids as I am or as my family is. And that's who I call. Yeah. I say, Hey girl, my son is going through the stage. I don't know what's happening because one, it's a teenage thing. And Hello. he's a boy. I don't understand boys. Lord Jesus, help me. Help me. And then she who has her kid, who's two, three years older than my son. She says, this is normal. Girl, don't worry about it. Girl, yeah. This is what you need to go and tell them. Yeah. So, you know, even my husband and I, how we relate about our older kids we're on the same team, but we have two different vantage points, him being a man and me being a woman. So having those friends who are cheerleaders for my family is invaluable, particularly when they're two to five years ahead of me with their yep. own kids. Yep. It matters. And it's taking, I think, trying trying to get women uh, away from the virtual world because I think it's a really... Um, it can be a very lonely place and we're developing relationships online, but we are created for intimacy. And I think even in, uh, in our friendships and not being real and not being vulnerable, um, it sets us up for failure. And I think one of the things I love about, uh, she's still there is that you have, you, you're basically setting, uh, an example of saying, this is, this is my stuff. This is what I struggle with. And I think it's going to free up other women to do the same thing. And I guess I'm saying, find your people and have, because you can have 300,000 followers on Facebook and they'll say happy birthday to you. And they'll, you know, say congratulations, but they're not going to bring you a casserole when your kid is sick or when you're sick. Cause when mom's, when mom is sick, hello, the house, you know, it just kind of grinds to a stop, but having those people in your life that you can be vulnerable with, and you can say, Hey, this is really hard. And be honest and trust them that they're gonna they're gonna keep that information and they're gonna give you good godly counsel with it is really important. Absolutely, and talk me down off of a ledge because right. Lord knows those teenagers can work you right up to the precipice. What in the world? <laughs> what in the what is it? I was just I I was thinking about um, I don't know what it is the age I, for me it seems like the I told my husband one day I said I think our, my fifteen year old boys. Uh, and they're both older than 15 now. But when they were 15, I was like, I actually think they're trying to kill me, like emotionally kill me. <laughs> I think, you know, they're making me question if I did everything wrong, 
you know, and, and later I realized, you know, what I actually think they're doing is trying to assert their own, like their own. Yes. Yeah. They're supposed to puff up. They're supposed to be men. They're supposed to rule something and they don't know how to do that under their mom. Right. So they're practicing on you. Exactly. (laughs) So they practice on you. The best advice I ever got was from a random lady in an elevator. We were just riding up and she was, had to be in her seventies or eighties. She just making conversation. And she said, um, you know, how old are your kids? You have kids. Yep. How old are they? And I told her at the time, my oldest daughter was 14. She said, can I give you a piece of advice? I said, sure. She said, just feel sorry for her. It's not about you. Don't take it personal. Don't react. If you have to discipline her, feel sorry for her. If you have to put her in her place, feel sorry for her. If you have to tell her no, because in your wisdom, you know, it's the best thing for her. Tell her you're sorry. If she offends you, say, you know what? I'm sorry, but you cannot speak to me that way. Say, I'm sorry a lot. You know what? Compassion got me through those teenage years, Mm. realizing that I really don't want to do my teenage years over again in a lot of ways either. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) so their hormones are raging. They don't know what to do. They're trying to figure out who they are. Feel sorry for them. Yeah. That is the best advice I've ever got. That is awesome. Because really, nobody ever makes that turn. Because what they're doing is they're transitioning from a child to an adult. And nobody ever transitions gracefully, right? I've never met somebody who did it gracefully. It's just, it's a tough, it's a tough gig. When and a I think it's tough on moms. out of their cocoon, that's not, that's not uh, smooth either. No. It's hard work. That's right. That's what they're doing. They're yeah. emerging. That's exactly right. Well, Crystal, I love uh, having you here. Would you come back on Friday? I got a couple more questions I want to, I want to ask you if, um, if you would, would you come back on Friday? Would love to. So everybody, if you, uh, if you haven't already got Crystal's new book, she's still there. I really want to encourage you. Uh, she's still there. Rescuing the girl in you is for sale everywhere. Books are sold right now. I'm going to link back to all things Crystal Evans Hurst on the podcast today. So you can click on the show notes and there will be a link to, uh, to her book right there. And also to just information about Crystal. And I want to just encourage you, if you're not uh, doing my scripture writing challenge this month, get in there. We're working our way through the book of Colossians. And it is a powerful reminder of who we are in Christ reading through the book of Colossians. And so um, all of the notes are up on the blog now and all of the uh, copy work for your children. So if you're looking for a good way to get your children into the word of God, there's no better uh, way to do it than just writing out the scripture. So check it out, HeidiStJohn.com forward slash scripture writing. Crystal's going to come back with me on Friday and we're going to keep talking about her new book, She's Still There. And I'm looking forward to that. And I hope you are too. I'll see you back here on Friday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.